And hey, y'all! I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right, first of all, the Bonzuke came out for November. And we're not going to talk about the entire Bonzuke today, although it's super exciting yes. for a lot of different reasons. Yes. But we are going to focus on the new boys to the Sanyaku. So the new boys to the top. Two of them have been there before. That's right. One of them hasn't. Yeah. So it's super exciting. They're all Their names all start with the letter T. So we're calling this the T episode. Oh, are we? Yeah. <laughs> The tea <laughs> episode, or right, right, the Takanosho, Takayasu, Teranofuji episode, and because we've been studying Japanese, now we know that ocha means tea, so we could call it the ocha episode. That's right. Although tea is like a letter, and like ocha is like a drink. Yeah, but go hey, with me. go with me. I'm go going. With me. Say I'm yes. going. Say yes. Yes, absolutely. Newsflash. First off, I'll just say, you know what? It does kind of sound bad. Normally, I don't record with my Invisalign braces in, but we're going to give it a good old shot because I keep getting really a bad. Shot? I keep give it a really big shot because <laughs> I keep getting a bad grade from my dentist every week. And they're like, or my orthodontist, and they're like, you've got to wear these braces 20 two out of 24 hours a day and I drink coffee I eat lunch I mean it's just not possible and then of course when I record this this is like another hour or two on top of that that's right so I have an appointment on Wednesday and I have got to lock it down so just goodbye all of this you're all gonna have to hear me in my mouthful of braces I think you just increased our sex appeal 100% let's hope I'm doing what I can yeah All right, but let's get to the real news. So the joint practice is over, and it seemed like it was a really productive workout for most, especially Hakaho, who just pretty much dominated everybody. And then by the very last two days, like, wrestlers, like, just stopped showing up. Shodai just, like, got defeated 19 to 1 with Hakaho, and then he was like, I don't think I need to come back tomorrow. And Takakesho, like, also was like, yeah, I think I'm done. And then Hakka was like, I'll go every day and I'll just keep dominating everybody. So Okay, but here's my theory on that. Because I think he's trying to figure out whether he's healthy enough to go to the next tournament. So I think he was there every day going, How do my knees feel? How do my knees yeah, feel? Absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna be a leader and I'm gonna show I'm gonna lend my chest to everybody. And then every day he's like, I'm getting a little stronger. So I think it was for his benefit, big time, that he was there. Yeah. He doesn't have big boys like that to train with. No. Really? But I think by the end of it, what happened was he just had a lot of wrestlers that were really demoralized by the end of it. But you know what? He's Hakaho show. Yeah. He, he do is the Hakaho show. Anyway, so that was fun to watch, though. Um, okay. I think we've all been hearing about, or maybe just me, there's this new sumo documentary called Sumodo, The Successors of the Samurai. And it's coming out really soon. Now, it's playing all over in Japan, but I found out... It's playing at the Hawaii International Film Festival. 
the director of the documentary really wants people from all over the world to see it, to be able to bring Sumo to more fans. I mean, he he obviously knows it's going to do well in Japan. It's playing all over Japan. But for the rest of us who, A, can't go to a movie theater right now, Mm -hmm. this is a really great opportunity to see it. So the Hawaii International Film Festival is playing it on November the 5th. Now, they're playing it virtually. So this means... Across the U.S., you could actually watch this. You can go to HIFF.org, and you can simply buy a ticket. And it's cool because it's featuring Goedo, now known as Takakuma, Miyogiru, Ryuden. It's basically a documentary based upon two stables. And the director kind of embedded himself in two of the big main stables, Sakagawa Stable and Takadagawa Stable. So I also don't know if there's going to be English subtitles. I assume there would be. But then again, I don't know. So if you buy your $9 ticket, don't be mad at me if it's like all in Japanese and you don't speak Japanese. We're going to sit there and watch it, whether or not we can understand it or not. We might be able to pick up a few words, though. Like tea. Like tea or (laughs) kohi. That's coffee, guys. Um, So, yeah. So I'm just passing along that really cool information because I'm super excited about seeing it. And the footage is gorgeous, you yeah. guys. You can look at the trailer now. Yeah, it's like you can go to sumodo, S-U-M-O-D-O dash, I think, J-P. We'll put the link in. Yeah, we'll notes. put the link up, but it's pretty easy to find. But what the cool thing is, is that you never really sit down and hear Miyogaru say anything or rude it. Like, they're always so coached or not, or it's so formal. So I really like the fact that it's at their stables. They can kind of let their guard down and you might get a little bit more of a peek into who they are Mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff I love. So when you look at the new Banzuke, what are you super excited about? Well, I'm super excited to see Shodai up there as an Ozeki. Of it's course. going to be his debut, and they put him on the east side. Uh-huh. And that's pretty cool. Also, Takanosho, he's not Komusubi. He jumped above that. Yeah. Which is actually, um, he was he was super excited about it. He said he was surprised and shocked about it. He didn't expect that. Well, and he it did was, so well at Mighty Share One. Oh, he, yeah, he really did. And that's a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. And he now has surpassed his coach because his coach has never been that high. So he was just like, I can't believe this. It's a huge honor. I meant to do this, you know, in respect for him. And he's just is like a giddy ball of energy and excitement Mm -hmm. so that's cool also to see returning to the sanyaku i think we all love this is takiyasu and teranofuji yep they belong up there and i think all of us were worried about not seeing them back up there again and they're both essentially going for another ozeki run i think Mm -hmm. so that's cool I'm super excited about our magashira ones yes there's so much youth and energy there between Wakatakakage on the west side and Kiribayama on the east side. Yeah. I'm super excited to watch them. Tobizaru also had a huge jump. Yeah, of from Migrashira 14, now up to. I think he's four, if I'm remembering correctly. Tobizaru is, yeah, Migrashira, Migrashira 4. Mm-hmm. But we saw some people. Returning to the top division, uh, Chio Shoma we haven't seen in a while, uh, Kotoyuki, um, uh, Chio no Kuni is another one that we hadn't seen. He'd been down in Jirio. 
let's jump into our three newbies or welcome backs to the Sanyaku division. Takanosho, Terana Fuji, and Takayasu. That's right. Les is going to give you a little bit on their background, where they came from, their stories. I'm going to talk about their fighting styles, injuries, things like that. Let's start with the one I'm the most excited about because <laughs> he's new to the Sanyaku, and that is Takanosho, born Nobuaki Ishii in Chiba in 1994. He's just a wee babe. His nickname is Nobu, also that's translated as Rice Ball, which is a sweet nickname everybody has for him. I think just because he's genuinely jolly and happy, he just seems so sweet. He has a blood type of O. I just love that they always give me blood type in the Japanese breakdown. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's really important. They all know it, but I don't know if it's really necessary for everyone to know that, mm -hmm. but we now know he's mm -hmm. blood type O. He jumped over Komusubi this time, and now he's in the Sekiwaki position. Mm -hmm. A little bit about him and his background. He is the fourth boy of six boys in his family. Whew. And they were all apparently really slender and he's like the one kid out of all the boys that's like hefty yeah so he started sumo in the first grade but got involved um actually in the boy scouts and the boy scouts started up a full-scale sumo club and so he joined that and this was not just any sort of boy scout thing this was like four hour practices two or three times a week and his dad would coach apparently i'm always a little surprised at finding out who went on to go to high school and college and then joined sumo and then who decided to leave formal school at 15 and join and join a stable yeah and he was one of them after junior high he joined his stable the chikanura stable and his rise through the ranks were actually a little bit slower or maybe ordinary at first but upon changing his his shikona it used to be masunosho and he changed his shikona to takanosho and he began to win more and more and in 2016, his stable master retired, so he, he got a new head coach, and then he was then transferred, and that's when he decided to really change his Shikona and honored his new coach and his new stable. So that's when it all started to kind of kick into gear. So he started in 2010, and he worked himself through the ranks, and with that new name, though, started to kick in and jumpstart his winning and his career. Oh, yeah. And, and Makauchi by 2018. It's all about the name. Yeah, it really was. It, some, it said something about it being like a change of heart or having a big heart. That's what his name means. But in 2000... And, well, he also started to work out with Takakesho as well, his yeah. stable too. <laughs> yeah. So. so that... Pro yeah, that probably yeah. had quite a bit to do with it. So in 2018, he was in Makauchi, most of 2019 down in Jurio, and then solidly back in Makauchi this last year. And here he is in Sanyaku. I like this little tidbit. His mother is a chiropractor, so he's known oh. for not being susceptible to injuries. And if he feels like he's having something kind of out of whack, she will kind of drop everything and come down to the stable and treat him. Hmm. So I thought that's really interesting as far as like alignment and adjustments go and that he tends to not be well no he's had some injuries that i'll talk about oh okay well then who knows maybe i'm all wrong well i'm sure it's keeping him healthier than most 
So he's excited to be in the Sanyaku. And he said about this this week, I'm surprised. I wonder if I was lucky. I was in the position I was aiming for, and I was promoted faster than I expected. And he surpassed his master. And um, he said, I think I was able to give back to him by going up in the ranks. So that's nice. Yeah, he gives credit, credit to his coach there. And that's about all I have for him. Takanosho, he is the shortest of the three that we're going to talk about today. Oh, I always think of him as tall. No, well, he is taller than certainly some of the shorter guys, but he's just over six foot. So he's taller than you and me. Yeah. But he's the shortest of the three we're going to talk about today. Anyway, (laughs) he's uh, 300 and uh, about 60 pounds. So he's shortest and lightest. But he does have that classic rice ball round nobu shape. He has a perfect sumo He's very jolly looking. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the same age as like Asano Yama, Wakataka Kage, Inho, Abi. They're all 25. But he is the happiest looking one of the bunch. He is so jolly. Definitely has a fan club just for that amazing smile. You cannot help but love this kid simply because of his smile. Yeah. It's really. infectious. Is yeah. that the word? Infectious. Yeah, definitely infectious. Like you said before, he did not create much interest in the sumo world until he started to work out with Takakesho, and that suddenly plopped him in the top division in 2018. Took him eight years to get there, which wow. is a pretty long time. Right. So he's been around, started young, but he's been around. And as you said, he got up to that top division, and then he went back to Jurio, and that's when he had the injury. He had an ACL injury. Oh. Right ACL that he battled all through 2019, and that's part of what kept him in Jurio. Mm. But he came back up to the top division, and this has been his record for the past six fights. Magashira 12, Magashira 9, Magashira 9, Magashira 2, Magashira 1, Sekewake. So this is a kid that's really on the rise right now. And it's such a good record that he skipped right over Komosubi in Sanyaku and they put him in Sekewake because he just rocked it as yeah. Maegashira won. Early on, he was really known as a guy who would, when he was doing his sumo, he would like lock his knees straight. He wouldn't keep his knees bent. If you watch the Yokozuna, right, they... Well, and many of the top guys, they're so good at bending their knees super deeply and mm-hmm. staying low, right. which has to feel opposite to what your body naturally wants to do. Right. So you really got to teach yourself to bend your knees low. But that's and- what gives you stability. Exactly. So that was his problem. So he had to learn and practice for quite a long time to bend his knees. So that's the only critique I'm seeing of this guy's sumo. He's really known, like Takayasu, for his big, huge initial charges and for his super speedy thrusts. So he is an Oshi sumo wrestler, right? He would much rather keep his opponent away from him than ever grab the belt. The kid loves an Oshidashi, which is a straightforward push out, which he uses the vast majority of the time, like 42% of the time. Wow. He is pushing people out without ever touching their belt. He also loves a Yorikiri, which, if you need a reminder, is basically a push out with a hand on the belt. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the only difference between the two. And he does that 32% of the time. I like the classics. He likes the classics. Well, yeah, and he just doesn't like people getting too close to him. That's right. Right? It's a shame I would want to get close to him. He has met a Yokozuna before, but only only in a tournament earlier this year. So he doesn't have a lot of experience fighting Yokozuna. He did beat Kakadu in, I think it was in March, if I'm remembering correctly, this year, but he did not 
beat Hakaho. So he is just beginning to fight the highest level sumo wrestlers. He's got one fighting spirit prize, no you shows to his name. So he's definitely coming up fast and very excited and happy to be there and really pretty healthy, especially when you compare him to the other two that we're about to talk about. Generally healthy. Moving on to my ex-boyfriend, Takayasu. He was born Takayasu Akira in Ibaraki Prefecture in 1990, blood type A, in case anyone was wondering. Now, as a kid, he loved baseball, and he would actually play center field. He was obsessed, obsessed with football, uh, not football, but baseball. And his father encouraged him to get into sumo, get this, due to the extreme size of his shoes. And his feet and well, his you hands. Know what they say, "Come, <clears throat> ahem." It's a size thirty-five, which actually I don't know what that is, but apparently this it's kid, large. it's large <laughs> for his size. <laughs> apparently, he's like clown shoes kind Got of it. guy. And there was another local wrestler, Kiseno Sato. You may have heard of him, oh, and he's an yeah. Ibaraki native, and he had a similar body type at the time as Kiseno Sato, and his father saw that. They were like, look, this kid loves the baseball, but I think, you know, he's going to be more well-suited to sumo. Because of those big feet. Well, yeah, his mother said that she couldn't even find shoes to fit him properly in junior high, so he wore sandals every day. And even playing sports, he was super fast in sandals. Aww. I felt like, oh, my God, who's the kid playing baseball in sandals? The kid had big feet. Anyway, I'm gonna have to like look at his feet. He the does next have, time. yeah, he does has he enormous hands. Enormous yeah, hands yeah, and feet. Stuff? I never really noticed that it's like, you know that. Well, now I know what I'm gonna be looking at the next in the next tournament. I'm gonna be all over the size of his appendages. That's right. <laughs> okay, moving on past that joke setup. <laughs> <clears throat> Neither one of us went for there. No, because Try I'm not... above it. Yes. Not going there. Well, his father noticed that his grades were never really all that great, okay? But at least he had big feet. That's right. And, exactly. And that may serve him well. Yes. He just wasn't really excited about high school, going into the high school and stuff. And all Takayasu dreamed about was just playing baseball all the time. He would play card games. He'd be out late. And his dad would be so frustrated. So one day, he just was like, we're getting in the car. And he drove him without an appointment to the Naruto stable. And he wasn't happy about that because he didn't want to do sumo. And his dad was like, you got to do sumo. So anyway, he after junior high, he did enter the stable. And due to the harshness of the stable and the tough training schedule, like some of these stables really have really grueling practices. And this was one of those in which the practices lasted till noon. I mean, it, it was just really, really hard. And so... Takayasu decided to escape, not once, not twice, yeah, many not times, three times, right? seven times. Yeah. And it, it was, was like not happy desperate there. attempts. He would get on his bicycle and bicycle for six hours. With his big little feet. Yes, like enormous like, feet on a, like a tiny bike. going? Back home? Back home. Aww. And he bicycled six hours and every time his parents would be like, oh, you're back. And they would go and take him to the all-you-can-eat meat buffet yep. and then drive him back. Take but him to go get some ice cream. Yeah. Yes. And every time he would, he did it seven times. In fact, he used to say to the stable master, I have to just go to the bathroom. And then and he, the, would take he would take off. I don't know if he like went out the bathroom window. I don't know. But he was destined to like just get out of this place. Well, so my question is, if you were his dad, wouldn't you be like, 
okay, he really doesn't like it there. Like, why were his parents like so set on taking him back to the sumo stable over and over and over again? Maybe he was just doing it for the all-you-can-eat meat buffet. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But he's stubborn. But maybe that instinct in him and his natural size, his parents were like, just trust me on this. Trust me on and, this and one. maybe you he just was—he's always been a stubborn kid. I think that's kind of what his background was, and that what his parents said. They were like, he just was a little bit slow to come around on things. Maybe they were like, you play way too many video games. Well, and if we're yeah. ever going to get you to do anything, it's going to be sumo. You know, his mom, his dad's Japanese. His mom is Filipino. Uh-huh. So. They have a family restaurant, and I think I'm sure they probably were like, look, is this kid going to take over for us and run this restaurant? And they were like, clearly not. not. I think not. (laughs) And so his dad, unfortunately, came down with cancer in the kidney, and he had to have his kidneys removed. or Kidneys? No, one. Just one. (laughs) Um, Just one. And he said that for Takayasu, that was kind of a game-changing thing. He worried about his father taking care of his family. His father said, all I really want is for you to do well in sumo. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. Good Lord. But it worked. It worked. Because his dad was dead set on getting this kid in sumo. Yeah. Like against Takayasu's wishes. Yeah. His dad was like, I will make you a sumo god. That's right. And you know what? It worked, Ugh. and he did. He became an Ozeki one day. I'm not day. sure how I feel about this. I know. <laughs> that's I a know. lot of pressure. It is, but that's just what it is. So cut to, he's had a rise up and down, but mostly just, he's just had an incredible career. And as of late, he's fallen out of the Sanyaku. He's on his way back up. Mm-hmm. Personally, though, his um, he got married and, mm-hmm. and well, engaged and then married in July. And then they're expecting a baby. And so his last you show or his last tournament so his last tournament he credited his really good tournament to the newness of his relationship with his wife and he's really gunning towards this next one to really just make everybody proud so he also is a great singer he loves to sing and his wife is a folk singer and they we've heard them singing together it's so cute and so i think He's happy now. I think he's just had an incredible career, and he's just going to try in these last few years to just knock it out of the park. He's my former boyfriend. So we seem to be going from uh, shortest of these wrestlers to tallest. Takahashi is right in the middle. He is six foot one and a half. I like to call him Marlon Brando. Because yeah. he definitely looks like a hairy Marlon Brando to me. And I he do believe he, he is the hairiest of the sumo wrestlers. I think that's what I liked about him originally. I and think he so, has too. This, it's yeah, the, the, it, he's instantly recognizable because of his half-hearted muscle flexing that he does pre-bout. And his fantastic sexy hair flings post-bout. Yeah. He's very cool. Yes. He's extremely cool. He's like chill and then the bear ignites and then the bear defeats and then he's back to his den. Yeah. He he definitely (laughs) seems very chill. He's the heaviest of the wrestlers of the three that we're talking today. 386 is where he's he's usually at and he's the oldest. So he you can definitely see his maturity on the doyo whenever he comes out. He's not flashy. But he's got a lot of variety to him. Anyway, I'll get, I'll get to it he in a second. He has a calm mind. Yeah. He just doesn't get rattled, it seems. He may. Maybe it's but all it those show. Maybe it's all those six hour trips on his bicycle <laughs> that 
took all that energy out from him. Or maybe it's the hair that just keeps him warm. I don't know what it is, but he's incredibly even keel and relaxed, or he seems to be relaxed almost all the time. And and there's not much written on his personality, interestingly, because I think he is so even keel and because probably because he's so loved in Japan because of his singing ability. I mean, he's just... He just seems to be loved all over the place. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I like him. He sings well. He started Sumo in 2005. He debuted in the top division in 2011. So it took him about six years. He became Ozeki in 2017. And get this, stayed there for 15 tournaments. Yeah. 15 tournaments. Yeah. And that's actually one longer than Terunofuji, who we'll get to next. So he was in Ozeki a little bit longer than Terunofuji. However, he's had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. His uh, left upper arm, his thigh, his low back, his left elbow. Interestingly, it's not about his knees, which I think says something about his style of sumo. But if you look at his record for the last six tournaments, Ozeki, six tournaments ago, Sekiwake, Maegashira 1, Maegashira 13, so there's the fall. Right. But then Maegashira 6 and Komosubi. So it's like this, it's the V. It's the classic V shape. So he's Mm -hmm. gone down and then he'll come back up. So he really, he just seems ultra dependable yeah. to me. Like he's, he's always going to be there. Yeah. Old faithful. Yeah. If he was a geyser, like, he would be old faithful. He would be old faithful. <laughs> if he was a geyser. <laughs> old faithful with big feet. He's kind of like Guedo in that way to me. Like yeah. Guedo was a little more fiery. Like he had more simmering anger, it seemed yeah. like. And and Takayasu doesn't seem like a simmerer. He right. really is explosive like a geyser, yeah. too. I mean, he's just like, I'm just chilling. Nothing problem. <laughs> and then... And then done. And he's done. Yeah, he is. Oh, my God. We have a new nickname for him. He's the geyser. Just rock steady geyser. Anyway, he's known for being an Oshi sumo specialist, preferring, pushing, and thrusting. But when you look at his record, like I pulled up his record on the sumo database, and I'm going to look at it here. Takiyasu. Okay, the guy loves a Yorikiri. Definitely. But he also, the number two for him is Hataki Komi. So he loves a slap down. He loves a slap down. He does. He loves uh, a push out. He loves an uwatanage. He loves... He's uh, versatile. He's extremely versatile. Like way more versatile than I think the title Oshi Sumo Specialist says. Like if you really look at the sumo he's doing, he's pulling a lot of different techniques out. I think so I wouldn't guys, call him a, a definite pusher thruster. No, I would say some of these guys that have been Ozeki's for a long time or have been in the upper, you know, in, in the Sanyaku, they have to. If They may start out one way, but if they don't evolve to have all the yeah, tricks they don't in stay the bag, there. like there's no hope of them like having a long long lasting career up there. Yeah. So I think he's just really it's really evidence that he had to whether he was in the original originally or not, he's developed all sides of his sumo. He's also super well known for his huge initial charge and I will say the man uses a belly better than anybody else. Well, I mean besides Kotoshogiku. Well, well, Kota Shogiku has a wonderful belly bump, but in terms of initial charge, yeah. he is a full body initial charge thruster, and he gets that belly way out in front of him, just yeah. like, you know, what happens on cartoons when, like, Brutus, like, 
pushes somebody away by his belly. That's yeah, with that like, sound effect. There's this wonderful clip online of all the initial charges that Takayasu has done, and they're like full body belly slap sounds. They're so big, so loud. He's not a head first type guy, but he's definitely like full body forward what his bear. What insides look at like when that happens? I don't know. I'm sure they slosh from front to back. Yeah. And it must feel amazing. Critique wise, it's interesting because he gets similar critique to Matakeyumi. They say that he's undependable, that he looks good, but he isn't steady. When he needs to win, he loses. It's because I think they just say he does not have a tournament win. So I, I think a lot of the criticism comes just down to like, he's been there, he's expected to get a U show, but he doesn't, but have, he one doesn't have one yet. Exactly. Yeah. He has met Yokozuna before and he's beat Yokozuna oh, yeah. before. That's how he got his Ozeki title. He's won four Fighting Spirit Awards, three Outstanding Performance Awards, two Technique Prizes. He's been runner-up four times in tournaments, but he's just one of those guys that's never gotten the trophy. He's been there so long, and he's so good, but he's never gotten the trophy, and I really want it for him. I want it for him, too. (sighs) So that's Takehasu. All right, moving on to Tereno Fuji. Now, he was born in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. And I'm going to try to say his name, and I'm going to bastardize it, but I'm going to give it a good old college try. It is Gantruga Gan Erdene. Well Roll, done. It just rolls off the tongue. In 1991, so he's just 28 years old, and his blood type is O. Yes, just you know like Takanosho. Yes. So, yes. I think it's so weird, though, age-wise, when I think of these guys, mm-hmm. I don't see them as 28. I see them Especially way Fuji. older. Yes. I see him as in his 30s. He's not. I totally thought he was approaching 40. Yeah. When I first started <laughs> to see him wrestle, I was like, oh, that guy's an older, like, good for him. Older wrestler out there. 40. No. And he's 28. He's 20, He's a wee babe. Yeah. He is. Now, this karaoke hobbyist, yes, I just said yes. that. He loves karaoke. I can totally picture Tarano Fuji and Takayasu heading out for a night of karaoke. Can't I hope you? they do. I hope they do. Totally. I would love to be that fly on the wall yeah. in that room. Mm-hmm. Well, he joined the Isagahama stable. And as a teenager, he had been brought on a sightseeing tour to Japan with his mother. And coincidentally, he went to go see a Keiko at a stable. And he was sort of transfixed. Now, what you have to know is back in Mongolia, he was big into judo. And he was actually coached by Hakaho's father. Well, 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 was my reaction when I read that. Me too. I was like, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Hakaho's father helped pave the way for him and Ichino Joe to move to Japan and go to high school there and pursue sumo. So, and Ichino Joe is another one that I thought was much older, too. Yeah. Who knows how old he is, but I see him as, like, 38. I know. I think they went through a time warp, those two, when they came to Japan. (laughs) Maybe they did. (laughs) So they moved to Japan. They managed to just somehow do that. They went to high school there and pursued sumo and joined the Magaki stable. And it was a small stable, but also kind of later on had some scandals associated with it. And mm-hmm. it actually closed. And at that point, he was transferred to the Isagahama stable. Mm-hmm. And that's when things started to change because this was a good stable. And he kicked it up a notch with his wrestling and 
he was surrounded by better wrestlers. Yeah, he got to train with Haramafuji at his yes. new stable. Yes. And so I think I'm sure that helped him with the language aspect of things, too. Actually, I heard he was pretty good in in Japanese. Well, he I mean, was he wasn't great. Right, but he had he came to Japan with a knowledge of some of, the bare basics. Yes, of Japanese. Which is way more than a lot of other kids did. He exactly. was studious. He yeah. was a good kid and he was studious and also he just really wanted this. So he probably learned Japanese cuz it's something he really wanted to be a sumo wrestler in Japan. He joined Sumo in 2011. Well, two years later, he won the Jirio Championship. In two more years, he was in the Makauchi Division in 2014. And in 2015, he actually won his first championship. So this was a meteoric rise mm-hmm. to the top in just 25 tournaments. Mm-hmm. He continued his success, a bit of the ups and downsies, but he made it to Ozeki in 2015. And the next two to three years, there were lots of ups and downs. He was basically in Kataban City for quite a bit of it. But I'll let you talk about his injury, his fall, and his coming back up. Sure. And I'll skip over to some other interesting facts okay. about him. Apparently, Endo is his rival. He wants to become a Yokozuna before Endo, and he also never wants to lose to Endo. I don't know what Endo did to him, but he's like, I'll do anything but lose to Endo. Well, since he was a kid, you'll like this, he has had a a love of singing and dancing. Yes. And he has been sociable from the very beginning, which I don't see him as like a real social butterfly, but hey, I don't know him. He was in his childhood, he was constantly playing the leads in his theater productions. Really? Yes. I don't know if it's constantly, I may have exaggerated, but I wouldn't imagine that he was constantly doing Mongolia's version of Oklahoma. It totally was. As as uh, Curly. Yeah. He has a favorite food that is beef tongue, but he does not absolutely hates curry rice and fresh fish. So, hmm. yeah. He also refused a single room at his stable because he thought it was haunted with ghosts. So, <laughs> I just think he's funny now. He also, this may explain his dip and ups and downs. He used to be a drinker. You know, he oh. could really, really drink. Well, but, I mean, they all they all can. Yeah, but beer like, is a big part of putting on that much weight. Right. But he's like, no, I could I could like really drink. And so like he was an addict. N- no, but he did. He could like win competitions like hands down. If they were doing a drinking thing, he's like, trust me, I can drink you under the table. Oh, drinking competition. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that he was going to tournaments while drunk. Oh, no, no, okay. I, no, absolutely. Absolutely not. He stopped drinking January 2020. And I think that's interesting. This last year in his rise, he absolutely cut out alcohol. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So he's, uh, I I don't know, learning the weird stuff about, not weird, but interesting stuff about him. He maybe wasn't all that exciting to me. And uh, he is now. Oh, he's very interesting and exciting to me. He's, I call this guy the comeback king. Uh, He's the tallest of our group, 6'3". He's 381 pounds, so he seems tall and slender-ish, if you're comparing sumo wrestlers. Yeah, and he's got that unique quality of seeming much older than he really is. He's also known as being very mischievous, which I think is funny. I can totally see that. Like, I can totally see him, like, stealing cookies. 
Especially if he was like doing drinking games and like drinking everybody else under the table. I could see him. He's a handful. Yeah, a handful, but funny. And people like the guy. And you don't really pick that up when he's on the doyo because he's so imposing looking on the doyo. But people really enjoy him behind the scenes. And people that live with him, his supporters, they're really in love with him. As you talked about before, lightning rise to the top took the championship with only 25 tournaments overall. And the way I like to think of it, he went to the top in half of the time that it's taken Taka Nosho to get to the top division. Wow. He won a Yusho in half the amount of time. So this kid, Fuji, has some kind of mental drive that is amazeballs. Yes. Not only to be able to go up that quickly... But the mental fortitude it's taken to beat his injuries. Well, that's the thing. Maybe he just is like, I throw myself into this match with everything I got, and I don't really care if I get injured. Well, yes. One critique of his sumo has been that he's, in the beginning, he was incredibly reckless. The way he describes it, he's like, I was all power, and I would do anything that it took to win. But he has said himself that he is has been changing his sumo to make it much more straightforward and uh, more cautious. So he is definitely in that phase of changing the kind of sumo he does so that it sits better with his body. And man, watching this guy in practice all this week, he is so bandaged up. Everything is bandaged like, up. mummy legs. I, it's not only his <laughs> knees, but it's his wrists, it's his elbows, yeah. it's his shoulders. Everything is bandaged up on this guy. Yeah. And well, it's because... in the last tournament, he had to take a break. Yeah. He was like 8, 5, and 2, I think. Well, and here is why. I mean, good God, when you look at his list of injuries, even after that meteoric rise to the top, and being Ozeki for 14 tournaments... He has dealt with cellulitis, just like everybody else, mm-hmm. ACL tear, lateral meniscus tear, yeah. so the sides of his knees. People say that he, he relies on twists too much, and I get it, because if the top half of your body is twisting one way and the lower half is twisting the other way, that is hard as hell on your knees. Mm-hmm. So his knees have been put through the ringer. His right shoulder has had problems. He's uh, broken a collarbone. Collar right? Yeah. The biggest problem is in 2015, he had knee problems and he kept going. So he didn't take a break. And then damaged meniscus in the left knee. 2016 was a really hard year for him because he was Ozeki. He was dealing with those kind of injuries. And he just losing, plowed through. Yeah, losing strength, losing flexibility in his knees and the he had entire diabetes, time. Right? Yes. We're not even we haven't even gotten to the diabetes and oh kidney my. stones that he what? was dealing with. Yes, stones? kidney stones as well. Yes. So because he was dealing with all this in 2016, he went Kataban three times, but was able to hold on to his rank each time by getting a winning record whenever he came back in the next tournament. So in 2017, he was finally like Something is wrong with my knees. It's really bad. So I better get some endoscopic surgery to find out what's happening with all my ligaments in there. Unfortunately, he didn't recover well from his 2017 surgeries. And so then he went right back to sumo and he had trouble again. He would fight for the first five days, win one, lose four, and then get injured again. It just happened over and over and over again until 
He could not get a winning tournament in two consecutive tournaments, and he lost his Ozeki rank. And then uh, had another meniscus tear in his left knee, diabetes, kidney stones. So in 2018, he had surgery again on both knees. And that's when his coach finally said, you know what? We need to go about this differently. I'm not going to let you fight again until you're fully healed. And I do not care how far down in the ranks you go. You are not going back. Of course, he's known as falling to the lowest rank possible that a professional sumo wrestler has ever fallen to and then rising back up. Yeah, he had to wear the black mawashi. He said he threw away his black mawashi after that because he was like, I will never again sink to that rank again. I mean, listen to this record. Just in the last six tournaments, Makushita 10 was six tournaments ago. That's where the new kids come in. He was in Makushita 10 at the bottom, then Jurio 13, and then Jurio 3. And I then, thought he went all the way down to Joni Don. I thought he, he did. He did. But yeah. six tournaments, like he was rising back oh, up. Okay, okay. Right. So yeah. he returned to competition in March 2019. And in the next three tournaments, he just kept progressing up, 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 up until Makushita 10, six tournaments ago. Jurio 13, Jurio 3, Magashira 17. This is the one that he won. So he went to Magashira 1 and then Komasubi. What an unusual six-tourney record. It spans three divisions of sumo. That is incredible. And it matches his lightning rise from the very beginning. So this is a kid who's meant to be fighting at the top ranks at all times, but his body has gotten so injured that sometimes he just can't handle it there. He has won against Yokozuna, definitely. He should be fighting those guys. But his knees just aren't stable. And that's the thing. Right. That is the scary thing about watching him. Terunofuji is a yotsu sumo wrestler. Favors grappling. He's not a pusher sho- uh, pusher shover. <laughs> pusher thruster. He will do it. He definitely can do it. But he loves to have a left side outside, right hand inside position. He does love a yorikiri. But if you look at the other moves that he uses, uwatanage, which is an overarm throw, you throw your opponent down as you turn away from him. There's that twist. Right. That maybe is getting his knees. He loves uh, the kimidashi, and we see this a lot. That's the arm barring force out where you grab a hold of your or your opponent's arms and you move them backwards. He loves doing well, that. Well, he one. has the, the height advantage. Yes. He loves the kotanage, the arm lock throw, which is another twisting one where you're twisting away mm-hmm. while you have somebody's arm locked but that's why he gets criticized because people think he's reckless and that he relies on power over technique and that increases the burden on his knees so that is in essence what he's trying to shift about his sumo as he rises back up so that it's not about momentum not about pure power but it's more on the technique he does have two U shows to his name, 2015 and 2020. Three Fighting Spirits, two outstanding performances, one technique prize, runner up in four tourneys. The guy's amazing, and he's not an old man. <laughs> Can you imagine having to deal with all that at age 28? I know. What a fighter. Good God. I'd want him on like my team. If I had to have a street fight, I'd pick him. Yeah. Well, I, I, my number one would probably be Tochinoshin, but that's just because he looks the part. I don't know. I would, I, this guy would go down. He'd be like, no, I'm going to throw everything into the street fight. Oh man. 
Yeah, makes me love him even more. Looking into his record, looking in, finding yeah. out the little bits and pieces we can about his personality. Yeah, and he was dry. into theater. Yeah, and he loves to sing and dance. <laughs> the dance part is what I love. Oh man, can't you just? My see imagination him is going wild with like, totally. is it tap? Is it jazz? Is it ballet? What does he do? <laughs> I imagine it's. Not I'd love that. to know more about traditional Mongolian dance and what it looks like. There's where I'm going to be headed over the next couple of days. That's right. I love it. Well, I think that is all for our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we adore. Join us online. Find us on social media at Sumo Kaboom. Connect up with us. Tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next week. So until then, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later.